This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter, and this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com and more podcasts presented by Obsessive Viewer at ObsessiveViewer.com slash podcasts. And if you'd like to support what we do here, you can donate at ObsessiveViewer.com slash donate, or you can become a patron at Patreon.com slash ObsessiveViewer where we have th- uh, four different reward tiers um, uh, set up. So at the $1 a month level, you get access to over 150 exclusive B-roll episodes that range from just kind of us goofing around and talking um, to us doing like more kind of potpourri-esque things. And um, uh, we did one where Mike and I did uh, our top five favorite songs. So that was a lot of fun. Um, at the $2 a month level, you get that plus uh, TV and book reaction uh, re- uh, reviews and, and stuff. So I've been doing uh, Stephen King short fiction collections on there. I dropped the ball a little bit, but I'm going to get back into that soon. But hopefully by the end of the year, I'll have all of his short fiction collections completed on that level. So at the $2 level, and then at $5, you get all of that plus movie commentary tracks and immediate reaction reviews of uh, just my immediate thoughts of movies that I uh, add, like as I'm driving home from the movie theater. Um, so there's a lot of fun stuff there. And then finally, at $10 a month, you get all of that plus early access to content and previously unreleased episodes and everything so um yeah again that's all at patreon.com slash obsessive viewer i'm your host the aforementioned matt hurt and joining me today making his triumphant return is mr sam watermeyer 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 from home journal i know i'm sorry (laughs) is okay uh, Um, yeah it's uh, uh, yeah welcome back Thank you. Uh, third time's a charm. Yes. I, I think we started with Malignant, and mm-hmm. then we did The Matrix Resurrections, and now we're on The Batman. So yes. we haven't really had any stinkers, uh, and The Batman's not a stinker, despite right. what some people are saying. Yeah. It rules. He, he is a bit of a scamp, though, but he's not a stinker. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm super excited to have you back. Uh, thank you for. Uh, I must say, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me on my podcast. Um, and, You're welcome. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, as you said, we were gonna we're gonna be talking about the Batman today, which is uh, Matt Reeves. Uh, I almost said Christopher Reeves. What? Where am I at today? Um, <laughs> kind of connected. Yeah, sort of. Um, Same you know, superhero universe. Yeah. Um, so Matt Reeves. Uh, new, uh, I, I get unconnected to the DCEU Batman movie, um, that finally just came out or is coming out this week. And like this movie is, I'm super excited to talk to you about it, Sam, because we were both really, really excited to see it. And, uh, and yeah, it's, I, I mean, uh, it slaps as the kids say. So, um, I'm excited to, to talk to you about it. Um, yeah. Did you want to kind of like, uh, I don't know where to start. Um, do you want to maybe 
Star. I mean, it's your show. Oh, I don't please. <laughs> horn in, but uh, maybe start with like our history, uh, our Batman cinematic history. Yes, absolutely. And I have this thing where every time, like, I watch anything Batman related, I'm just like, this is like the greatest character in fiction, and I need to go back and watch everything and everything. So, um. Yeah, so it'll 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 be interesting. But yeah, but uh we are going to be talking about uh the Batman. We're going to do a non-spoiler and spoiler section. Actually, before we get into all of that, Sam, um can you tell people where they can find you online on Letterboxd and anything recently that you've done uh since the last time you were on the show? Yes. Um you can find my reviews uh at midwestfilmjournal.com. Uh, you can also find me uh, on Letterboxd at Sam Movie Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, those reviews are, you know, less formal, obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's where I'm at online. Let's see. The last the last movie I reviewed was uh, Jackass Forever oh, for yeah. Midwest Film Journal. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that one quite a bit. I nice. thought the, uh, as always, the camaraderie between those guys is is very endearing and. Mm. And, you know, it's fun to see them throw caution to the wind. And uh, especially now, it's kind of weird to see them doing all of these dangerous stunts amid Mm -hmm. COVID when, you know, other people can't be bothered to wear a piece of fabric on their face. Yeah. The jackass guys are out there shooting themselves out of cannons. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, taking tasers to the tongue and, Mm -hmm. and whatnot. So. I enjoyed that quite a bit. That was the last movie I reviewed. Nice. That's really, you know, that's really interesting that because I've never really been into Jackass or anything. And I've always like wondered, like, I don't see the appeal of it, to be honest. But um, but yeah, like when you when you mentioned like, oh, the camaraderie among them, like, OK, I can I can see that being like kind of a road into into those movies. I don't know if I'll ever bother to see them, but that's interesting. I never really considered that aspect of the movie. Yeah, they kind of prey upon each other's fears. Like mm-hmm. in Jackass 2, you know, Bam Margera is deathly afraid of snakes. And mm-hmm. they, you know, trick him into doing a stunt completely unrelated to snakes. But of course, they throw a snake in there. And nice. I mean, it, it's a little mean, but yeah. it's also pretty funny. Mm. Nice. I. It's funny because I... Uh, I feel like it's a it's another example of like earmarking uh, your growth as a human being. But like, uh, <laughs> like I remember, like as a kid, like I, I think I'd watched Jackass maybe a couple times on TV, and then as I've grown, I've just been like, yeah, I'm not really into that or anything. And then this time, when I started seeing the trailers for Jackass Forever and everything, I kept thinking like, I like I was really wondering, and maybe you can answer this. I don't know if you know anything about uh, the production or anything, but. Like, I'm wondering, like, how does that work from an insurance perspective and from, like, like, ha- like, how much are they doing, how much are they doing and how much of it is, like, how much of it is stunt, how much of it is actual, like, you know, dangerous stuff? I know that everything is per- probably set up and everything in such a way that, you know, it's obviously not going to be really in mortal danger or anything, but, like, how do they do that? <sighs> Well, this one, I'm I'm not entirely sure of the process, but this mm-hmm. one wisely shows the safety procedures that they put in place. Ah. For example, 
one of the guys is stuck in a room with a, a bear yeah and um uh there's a cut to the bear handler who's right outside the door just a few feet away oh. uh, so this one kind of smartly shows how you know they're they're on top of safety mm-hmm. uh, i mean it's still not the safest thing in the world right. you could do you know the bear could still maul the guy but mm-hmm. you know at least there's a wrangler right there yeah. um i think you know obviously <clears throat> they have to they always have an out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they drive it to the extreme, but yeah. you know, you, you never see the guys tortured that much. I mean, when yeah. they say they want out of there, they, they let them out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I don't think it's quite as cruel as, you know, some might think it is, but, yeah. um, yeah, I don't know how they get away with some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when, you know, they like ruin an entire store. Oh yeah. Um or like drive a car through a dealership, you know. <laughs> I mean, obviously these guys are doing pretty well financially. Yeah. So they can afford to, you know, pay damages and stuff, but mm-hmm. um Yeah, I don't I don't know. The insurance process <laughs> is a little mysterious. Yeah. That's a little suspect. Nice. Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I will, maybe I will check them out at some point. I don't know. Um, I've got a lot of stuff to, to watch anyway. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. So, um, and so before, before we get into the actual review proper, I kind of want to just ask you this up front is was the Batman your most anticipated movie of 2022? Oh, without a doubt. Okay. I, um, I have watched every version of the trailer, yeah. like even the TV spots mm-hmm. in nice. embarrassing amount of times. Um, <laughs> I've spent so much time watching these trailers. It's, it's really, that's uh, shameful. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, <laughs> I just thought it looked so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I think, um, uh, I mean, right from the trailer that used Nirvana's Something in the Way, mm-hmm. uh, I was hooked. I'm a huge 90s grunge fan, yeah. so, you know, I, I was a sucker for that. I loved that kind of um, the sort of moody, noir mm-hmm. atmosphere that it seemed to have. Um, I, uh, uh, you know, it, it just struck me as a completely different Batman that we mm-hmm. haven't really seen before. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've, I've been super excited to see it. Yeah. I, I echo those sentiments a lot. Like I, when that first trailer came out in like 2020 and like, I remember, um, at the end of the trailer, um, it showed like 20, uh, I think it said 2021 cause that was when it was originally supposed to be released or was it supposed to be 2020? I don't remember. But it says it was interrupted by COVID. Yeah, yeah. But it had instead of twos, it had question marks. And I remember people online saying, "Like this is the most accurate movie trailer <laughs> because we don't know when the hell this movie's going to come out." Right. Um. But yeah, that first trailer just got me, and then I've been looking forward to it as well. And uh, yeah, I was super excited to see it. I almost didn't make it to see it. Um, like this movie. Well, yeah, you had a little fender bender, didn't you? Well. Yes and no. Well, yes, but like, okay, let me just walk through it. So, um, (laughs) so I went, we had, we had a press screening on Thursday and 
I, because I, this is just how I am as a person, apparently, but I can't, for the life of me, get ready and leave at the time that I want to leave all times. So, like, I have to be running late and everything. I'm just insane like that. I hate it about myself, honestly, but, um, but I left with enough time to get to the movie theater and then I kept, like, I think I hit traffic or something and then... I I got there just I got to the to the theater literally like and I got in the theater um right when the WB logo was on on the screen and and the movie was starting <laughs> like oh wow yeah I was I barely got like I sat in the back row and like I was nervous because it was like it was dark I didn't know how many how many of us had shown up or anything but like it was dark and like I took my phone out and like, I was looking to see if I was gonna bump into anyone as I got to my seat but. Um, but yeah, and it was funny cause like I just sat in like the f- first couple of seats in the back row and it was like pitch, pitch black in it. And I was like, okay, well when, when the movie lightens up and I can see if there's anyone in the row, I'll just move down to the center. And then like, cause it's Batman, uh, I couldn't see until like maybe 10 minutes into the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not a movie that quickly lightens up yeah no Visually not so or much thematically. exactly so uh but i made it i saw it i loved it and uh and yeah and then afterwards i went uh, like i ran errands and stuff and then i got in the shower and i fell out of the shower like oh i slipped and fell i tried to grab the shower curtain jackass yeah yeah <laughs> And the entire like shower rod came off the came out and like I'm like falling forward and I yeah and I put my hand on like the on like the counter but my hand is wet so I slide it off of that and then I fall forward even more and I think that there was like a millisecond where my where I was completely airborne and like perpendicular to the floor (laughs) And like, I just looked hilarious. Oh, it was it. I'm sure it did. (laughs) And then (laughs) and then I just fell flat on the floor right in front of the toilet. And I'm just like lying there. Yeah. And I'm like, thank God I didn't like hit my head or anything. But I'm like lying there and I'm like, what a fucking idiot. (laughs) And I'm just lying there and I'm like, this this hurts, but I'm okay and everything. Everything's fine. And then like. And then, like, yesterday, I noticed, like, my whole, like, right arm is bruised. But but anyway, so that was – and also, when I went to the screening, I wore a Batman shirt. And, like, that is, like, the opposite of what Batman would do is fall out of the shower. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, but then – Last night there was a there was a there was a preview screening that I was going to go to and I was going to take Tiny to as my plus one and then he and I were were going to record for Patreon afterward, um, but uh, I like I again was running late and then uh, like two cars ahead of me someone stopped abruptly and then the car in front of me stopped abruptly and then I stopped abruptly and then the person behind me stopped just slightly less abruptly (laughs) and uh hit me in the back of the car fortunately it wasn't bad it was all like it was cosmetic like it was fine it nothing like we agreed like hey we're just gonna go our separate ways it's fine there's nothing there's no like damage everything is fine um 
But then I was like, like I called Tiny and I was like, Tiny, I was just in a car accident. I, uh, <laughs> can you come here? I don't know what to do. Um, and uh, so like he turned around and was on his way. And then like after like I talked to the woman, I was like, oh, wait, this is fine. OK, so um, I get back in the car and I call Tiny. I was like, hey, uh, we settled it. It's all good and everything. Um, do you still want to go? And then he's like, well, we're probably going to be late anyway. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. So, so I missed that one. So my theory is that I am cursed with regard to the Batman. Um, yeah. So I don't know, but anyway, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like, I I want to see it again in either Dolby or IMAX, but now I'm scared to get a ticket and go see it because I don't know what the hell what the hell will happen uh, when I do, but yeah, you'll so anyway. you'll die in the theater. Exactly, exactly. Just as Matt Reeves wouldn't, intended. Wouldn't um, be a terrible way to go. It really wouldn't. It really wouldn't. <laughs> um, and some detractors of the movie might think so too. Like, get me out of here. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about our histories with batman and sam like what what is your history with with the uh the caped crusader um well batman holds a a special place in my heart uh cinematically because batman forever is the first movie i actually saw in the theater or at least it's my earliest movie going memory okay nice this Um, wasn't the movie that you were like born in was it (laughs) No, my okay. my mom went into labor with me in The Godfather Part 3. Oh, that's right. Um, so let's see, Batman Forever came out in 95, so I would have been 4. Okay. Um, pretty pretty good uh first movie. Yeah. Uh nice. I would say for a kid. Mm-hmm. Um So, you know, it, it's special to me uh in my film history. And of course I grew up on the, the Tim Burton Batman movies, Mm -hmm. you know, Michael Keaton is, is my Batman. Um, I watched those over and over again when I was a kid, especially uh, Batman returns. Mm. Uh, That is one wacky movie. (laughs) Um, I I love the, it's, it's basically Tim Burton unplugged. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a miracle that it was even made and released because it's so crazy. I mean, there's this weird erotic tension between Catwoman <laughs> and the penguin. Uh, you know, there's penguins with missiles strapped on their backs. There's I forgot about that. <laughs> black bile oozing out of the penguin's mouth. Uh, there's that crazy German expressionistic style. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it takes place on uh, during the Christmas season, yet the movie was released in the summer. Like, it's just... <laughs> that movie's nuts yeah um and i've just always loved the character i loved batman the animated series mm-hmm. um i you know i i think uh the world of batman has always appealed to me he mm-hmm. has maybe the greatest rogues gallery of villains oh yeah that are all you know very visually striking i mean you have the joker with the clown makeup obviously the penguin Catwoman, you know they're all just as um kind of visually interesting and mentally fucked up as batman himself and i think that kind of the world of batman has always been about sort of the the outlandishness of crime and Mm -hmm. kind of like the otherworldly nature of not only criminals but you know vigilantes Mm -hmm. uh 
Um, you know, I, Batman is kind of bizarre, you know, he's this billionaire playboy, but he dresses up as a bat at night, uh, to fight crime. Like it's just, it's such a, it's a really bold character that I think you can place in several different settings and you can use different tones. He works in a campy setting. He Mm. works in a Gothic setting. He works in gritty reality. Um, so that, you know, I think that would kind of sum up my, my history with Batman. Yeah. I, so it's interesting. I, um, kind of had a slightly different route, uh, into Batman for, for the most part, but, um, I don't think I really, uh, became like a, a big Batman fan until honestly, until Batman begins um oh wow late late yeah, bloomer very late bloomer like i and that, that was a movie that i I'll, I'll have an essay on midwest film journal actually this month about batman begins um that <laughs> i'm uh i don't know if they're going to use the same title but like the title that i had was uh batman begins and the watchful guardian of speedway indiana <laughs> because because the movie came out like the summer after i graduated high school and i was like very much like oh uh um i'm about to leave to go to college and and i'm leaving speedway and and bruce wayne is saving gotham and why why am i abandoning my gotham um it's funny (laughs) yeah it's really dumb but um but anyway uh yeah so like i went into it with i went into that with relatively low expectations because i didn't know what to expect really um i just knew that christopher nolan had directed it and that i was a christopher nolan fan from memento and uh uh i don't think i had seen following at that point but um uh yeah he didn't he did the prestige after batman begins uh but i was a big fan of memento and uh, I, I came out of that movie like, oh, oh, this is, this is different than I expected. This is really good. Like I was really excited about it. Um, and then I loved the, the Dark Knight trilogy as a whole as well. And then throughout the years I had went back and I watched, uh, I watched some of the earlier ones, which kind of back and forth on, I, I, I don't have much of a memory of, like, I think I've seen the Tim Burton ones a couple of times, and I think the Schumacher ones, like, one time. Um, and then throughout the DCEU, they've kind of fumbled that, in my opinion, and it was just not to my liking at all. Um, but in the interim, like, I discovered and loved uh, the the Arkham Asylum games um, from Rocksteady. So they had Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight, um, and then I, I never played Arkham Origins, but like those games were like, oh my God, I'm Batman now. I'm Batman. <laughs> like I'm <laughs> Batman. Um, and just the lore of that. And that was my road into the Batman, the animated series as well. Cause I mean, like you said, Michael Keaton is your Batman. I'd say mine is a mix between Christian Bale and Kevin Conroy. Cause holy crap that like, uh, I think he is just, he's incredible as, as Batman. And, um, like I was thinking today as I was, as, as I was looking forward to this recording and everything, I was like, like I was listening to the Batman soundtrack and then I switched over to, uh, MC Chris, 
he has like six or seven or maybe nine songs that are all like they're they're all like batman themed so like uh yeah it's are you familiar with mc chris at all no i'm not okay he's he's kind of like a nerdcore rapper um (laughs) but he he has uh, a series of songs like he has one like ep called foes or friends and then another one called foes and uh so so like it's like part one part two part three those are the titles of the songs but um part one is his batman song it's about the origin of batman and everything it's from the perspective of batman and then he has a song for alfred for gordon for bat uh for batgirl for robin and then he does villains with joker and i think riddler um and and a couple others i can't think uh can't think of but like it's it's hilarious like it's it's really fun and it's like patterned i think it's mostly patterned after the animated series and everything but i was listening to that today and the the song i think it's part five or part six i don't remember but it's the batgirl song it's like it's like from the perspective of robin having a crush on her and like part of the lyrics are um when i see her yellow boots it makes me want to something uh uh let me see but it's it's really really funny and like i kept thinking i think that song is called part five but um that uh (laughs) like it just made me think like they should do like a barbara gordon and and uh dick grayson like romantic comedy kind of kind of movie (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i think i should have that but yeah there is um uh, there's some really good uh, songs on there and there's like YouTube videos where they uh, play the music as part of um, uh, or with with video accompanying it from the animated series. So anyway, yeah, so so I'm a big fan of of um, uh, of Batman in general. Okay, here we go. Um, so so the lyrics are, um, uh, where is it? There's a, uh... <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, this is how we do. It has always been us two. We're a duo, not a crew. That's all changed now. There's a team that's on the team. This girl makes me want to cream, want to move inside her cape while she goes face down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I see her yellow boots, something in me starts to move. Every time we're on a roof, I feel great. Wow. Um, but it's, it's really funny. But anyway, so that was kind of my route into Batman, the animated series, uh, uh, MC Chris and, and the Arkham games. And like, I just feel like I agree with you completely. The rogues gallery is amazing. Batman as a concept, as a character is so rich and so literally rich, but he's (laughs) also very, there are so many kind of different applications that you can have him in and everything and different, different ways to tell his story. And I just, I just think it's awesome. And then I read all of the new 52, um, which I don't really read comic books that much, but like that I was just, I was just hooked on. I was really engaged by. So, um, so yeah, anyway, so that's my kind of Batman origin story, I guess. Um, we're, uh, we're very yeah. different, which is, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you ever play the Arkham games? I have never been much of a gamer. Oh, mostly. Yeah. That's fair. That's Sorry. fair. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, that's fine. I will say those games are just 
fantastic. Uh, absolutely fantastic. And it's really cool because like you can, at least in Arkham Knight and maybe a couple of the other games, you can, um, they have uh, DLC like skins. So you can like play, like you can have Batman as like, oh, uh, the new 52 Batsuit or, or the animated series Batsuit or the Batman 66 Batsuit. And like oh, all these cool. different ones. Yeah, it's really cool. And then like they also have uh different skins for the Batmobile. So you can like you can you can drive the Tumblr and Arkham Knight, uh from from Dark Knight and or or uh Michael Keaton's Batmobile. Um it's really cool. I just, now I'm thinking I might have to play those again. But anyway, <laughs> um so yeah, so we were both excited for the Batman. And now it's finally here, and we are going to discuss it. Okay, so are are you ready to go into our non-spoiler review for The Batman? Hell yeah. All right, let's do it. So The Batman uh, is releasing only in theaters in, on March 4th, and uh, the, uh, the plot summary, courtesy of IMDb, is... When the Riddler assists, uh, uh, when the Riddler, a sadistic serial killer, begins murdering key political figures in Gotham, Batman is forced to investigate the city's hidden corruption and question his family's involvement. Uh, the Batman is uh, directed by Matt Reeves and written by Matt Reeves and Peter Craig, and uh, stars Robert Pattinson as. Uh, Batman, uh, Zoe Kravitz as Selina Kyle, Paul Dano as Riddler, and uh, Colin Farrell as Penguin, and John Turturro as Carmine Falcone. Oh, and Annie Circus as Pennyworth, uh, uh, Pennyworth as Alfred, and Jeffrey Wright as Gordon. Um, it's a stacked cast. It is a stacked cast. It is really, really good. So, uh, yeah, so... Uh, let's talk about the Batman. <laughs> um, how did you feel, um, kind of overall thoughts, um, upon seeing the Batman? Um, I was hooked right from the beginning, nice. uh, with the narrated, mm -hmm. uh, noir style introduction to Batman. Um, the, uh, you know, rainy Blade Runner-esque, uh, Gotham yes um robert pattinson uh his presence was you know immediately menacing um i think batman should be scary mm -hmm. um you know uh, you should be excited to see him but but he should still be intimidating and i think robert pattinson was right from the beginning yeah um you know it i was thrilled to see it unfold into this uh sort of 70s esque um detective drama mm -hmm. uh you know with him kind of navigating through the the underbelly of gotham and questioning criminals and you know teaming up with uh catwoman mm -hmm. and uh you know i think this is an interesting take on bruce wayne he's mm -hmm. you know i i referred to him as uh like emo batman this time around <laughs> yeah uh you know he he keeps the the goth makeup mm -hmm. on when he's in the bat cave and and he's very angsty um mm -hmm. 
uh, director Matt Reeves said he was inspired by Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this movie definitely feels like, you know, Kurt Cobain meets the Zodiac killer. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. You know, the, with the Zodiac being uh, the Riddler, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they, they're pretty similar in that they both send, you know, ciphers and, and letters to Batman and the mm-hmm. police. Um, I, I loved the, this movie's kind of air of dread throughout. Um, I, uh, by the time it was over, I was just super pumped. And by the way, it's nearly three hours long. Mm-hmm. I was with it the whole time. Yeah. Um, it, it moves at a great clip. Uh, you know, it's a great mystery. So you can't, mm-hmm. you can't wait to see what happens next. I absolutely loved it. Nice. Yeah. I, I felt a lot of the same way. Um, there are some things here and there that I was like, Oh, I'm I'm forgiving of it, but it was like, okay, I kind of wish it was a little bit different there, but I mean, yeah, like I've seen people kind of complain about the length and everything, which I feel like that's a little, I don't understand that (laughs) because it does, it's paced very well in my opinion. And there's some really cool change-ups in it. Um, Like there are uh, moments during like, like Riddler moments where every kind of thing that he does, every kind of step of his, of his plan is similar to an extent in in terms of like targeting a specific person but each kind of each each one is different enough from the last and when you get into that game of cat and mouse between him and batman it feels like it's so organic to the story being told and when you get into the like I'm someone who, whenever I hear like, oh, they're going to do like multiple villains or something. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, we have Riddler and we have, um, Colin Farrell as, as the penguin. I'm like, okay, are they going to do like, like, I don't know. I get kind of, kind of anxious thinking like, is it going to be too cluttered? Is it going to be too crowded and everything? But here it's just really just organic the way that things come together and it's all kind of interconnected and, also, I did not for for whatever reason, like I just like my mind was blown just now a little bit because I did not connect with that like rainy aesthetic to like a Blade Runner vibe. And like that's like that opens it up for me because like the cinematography, the the visual aesthetic of Gotham is so cool. Like it's so damn cool. And the rain that is like pervasive throughout it, it, it is consistent to an extent. But the combination of the rain and uh, the um, the rain and like there's this the way that the lighting is just glows through the mist of the rain throughout the whole movie is just gorgeous. Like, um, yeah, I just I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's really, really cool. And yeah, I think you mentioned in your review, there's this kind of red glow throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sort of serving as this, this, you know, harbinger of doom. And I, I thought that worked really well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, the, the, the setting also reminded me a little bit of the crow. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, not only with the, the rain and the sort of perpetual night, mm-hmm. uh, perpetual nightfall, but, um, 
you know, just like I mentioned earlier, that kind of air of dread throughout the movie. Yeah. And that sense of like impending doom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, Oh, and I loved, uh, I loved the introduction of the movie itself. Cause like, I knew that there, they weren't going to go through the, the whole rigmarole of the origin story and everything. And I'm glad that they didn't, but I like that they made, not to go too deep into it or anything. I like that they made his story relevant to the story in the movie without having to retread it or have to repeat it or have to show us another goddamn slow motion thing <laughs> thing of the pearls and everything or whatever Zack Snyder did with his uh, vision of it. But like, I just remember being just so annoyed by that. But anyway, um, <laughs> Yeah, the I, I like the way that it's all kind of interconnected and everything. And that introduction, like you said, that voiceover narration is so like that is the perfect way to bring us into this to to his story and everything. And like I I'm sure that there's probably gonna be more in this universe. Hopefully Reeves and Pattinson come back and everything, but I want that to be the staple of this trilogy or however many there's going to be. Like, I want that to be the beginning and end of each movie is his voiceover narration. Um, Cause it suits the character so perfectly as this like lonesome vigilante. And in this iteration, like Bruce and Batman are just like you said, like this angsty, there's this angsty energy and, and it comes through really well with that, with that uh, opening narration. It's just, it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, And I, you know, the, the narration um, has the vibe of like a journal reading. Yeah. Um, Not, not unlike, uh, you know, Travis Bickle's narration and taxi driver, I'd say. Oh yeah. He's a bit of, he's kind of an, an aspiring vigilante himself. Mm-hmm. And, and the movie does have that kind of like seventies vibe. I was reminded yeah. a little bit of taxi driver, a little bit of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Chinatown with yeah. the theme of corruption in the city. Yeah. Um, a little bit of French connection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the, the Zodiac era. Yeah. Um, but it didn't, you know, it didn't feel, like just kind of a, a knockoff of those, no. um, you know, the, it felt like those influences were, you know, tied in very subtly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even make the taxi driver connection either. And that's interesting because one of my, one of my kind of fears going forward or, or kind of concerns that's, I even said in my review, it's a ridiculous concern to have, but, um, the Batman came after Joker, which Joker was Todd Phillips's Academy Award winning um, uh, take on Joker. But that is very, very like almost almost to the point of um, to the to the point of plagiarism <laughs> um, riffing off of Martin Scorsese's work and like like Taxi Driver and uh, 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 King of Comedy, which I haven't seen. but. The like going from that and even though this this movie is not connected with Joker, having having a Batman movie that is so, so patterned after like in in the kind of general feel and tone of a David Fincher movie and in particular very much patterned after seven um, 
it just made me think like, okay, well, hopefully they, hopefully they don't continue. Hopefully this isn't like a new DC thing where they're like, okay, we're going to do this, but we're going to just transplant Batman characters into a specific, like classic or, or, or uh, critically claimed kind of uh, uh, set <laughs> and kind of go off of that. But I, but I say that having loved the Batman and having loved the clear influence that Fincher had on it and not having that be a detracting quality for the movie. It just felt in a couple of scenes, a little bit reliant on it to a little too much, but yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a, you know, a good point about the comparison to Joker. I think the difference also is that, you know, Joker is obviously not uh, trying to be a a crowd pleasing sort of popcorn movie, right. and I think you know it's trying to be this serious Oscar worthy drama, and I don't think that's what the Batman is trying to be. No. You know, I, I found it very entertaining, very exciting. Yeah. Um, you know, it has a, a pulpy sense of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's definitely. Um, uh, uh, it's it's not you know i can see kids and teenagers enjoying this yeah i mean you oh, know, yeah. obviously very mature kids but right um <laughs> you know it, it yeah it's definitely not joker yeah oh i agree i agree um but it is yeah hopefully i'm i'm curious what the next one will be assuming that we get another one, which is, I would think likely, I I think, I think it's tracking to open pretty, pretty well. Um, um, and for the most part, the critical response has been good, but, um, but yeah, so the movie, I, I just really enjoyed it. How did you feel about the kind of performances overall? Um, which, which ones stood out? Which ones do you think needed a little bit more work? If any, um, uh, I thought Robert Pattinson was great. Um, mm-hmm. I think as Batman, like I said, he's, you know, he's menacing. Um, uh, you know, I think as Bruce Wayne, I, I loved, um, I believe this, uh, he's the youngest Batman. Um, that sounds you know, right. He's, just yeah. in, he's in his thirties. Uh, so I love that he, you know, he does play him as a, a naive young man you know bruce wayne is is not a perfect genius in this movie he's you know he's he's angsty he's Mm. uh you know temperamental he flies off the handle you know this is only two years into his time of being batman so he's still he's still trying to figure it out and and you know that's that's what i enjoyed you know in i don't remember in batman begins bruce really stumbling all that much yeah um, or making mistakes he yeah. kind of smoothly segued into being batman and you know i like how this one he he you know is vulnerable and he's imperfect and yeah um you know i think uh uh um zoe kravitz is great as catwoman mm-hmm. um <clears throat> i think she brings some some sort of levity to it she you know, uh, kind of pokes fun at Batman a little bit. Um, I, uh, fucking love Colin Farrell as the penguin. Oh yeah. 
I love whatever like exaggerated Tony Soprano thing he's he's <laughs> trying to do. Yeah. Um, you know, he comes across as like a Dick Tracy villain, just like yeah. this kind of grotesque, ridiculous mafioso. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a blast. Yeah. Um I you know, Paul Dano, um I think is a little more effective in in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Uh then in the end, uh, he kind of grew less menacing for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he has a very big presence in the first two acts. And in the third act, he felt kind of small, kind of weak, yeah. at, at least to me. Um, so, uh, Jeffrey Wright, um, mm-hmm. you know, gave a, a kind of an understated performance, but I think a really effective one. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what I would say about the the main main players yeah i you know it's funny the the kind of fallibility of of batman in this movie is definitely evident it's not i think because it's two years into into his crime fighting it's it's better because he when he when he fails or when he makes mistakes and everything it's more of a it's like he's it's the learning curve like uh and that's really that's really good whereas like in batman begins like like christian bale's batman he did stumble a little bit but it was also and like i adore that movie i i will say like i i like batman begins more than more than the batman um and it, it that's that's a hard thing to overcome really <laughs> like that's that's a hard that's a very very high bar to reach same with the dark knight but um like in in that movie yeah he he stumbles he has that run in with scarecrow and then he you know gets like lit on fire or something but like that's also kind of in service oh, of yeah. the story and like furthering the plot where here it's like, okay, well, I mean, it's the same kind of thing. Like he's like, like Batman is trying to solve riddles and everything. And like, he's, he's trying to get away from a certain, certain place. And like, there's, there's this moment where he is escaping from, from a building and he gets onto the roof and he's about to, you know, glide off of it. And like the movie doesn't, doesn't, doesn't go to great lengths to tell us that like, Oh, he hasn't done this before. <laughs> um, mm. but it does show us like, Oh yeah, he, he, like he catches himself a little bit. Like he, he has that, that brief moment where he's like, Oh, Oh, okay. I'm going to do this. Let's do this. And then he does it. And then <laughs> it's like, those little moments are so cool. And you have like this, the movie kind of has this, uh, this lived in quality to it that I think, I think people might think maybe it's, maybe it's a little, um, it's a little reflective of like, okay, the, the lore of Batman is too, too strong. Like that it's, that it's relying on our knowledge of Batman to, to get the point across. But like when you see like him at a crime scene and Gordon telling him like, oh yeah, that kid, like, like the kid found the body or something like that. Like you, inherently know what that means to bruce under the batman like mask because it's it's just what's like even if you don't know the origin of batman or anything if you've had your head under a rock for like the last 80 years um (laughs) the performance and the way that the movie shows us that uh communicates all that you need to know even for people who aren't familiar with batman um yeah, it's just it's 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 really I think it's really understated and and really well done. 
um, kind of the Batman-ness of it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's a good point about, um, you know, how that, that scene with the kid at the, the crime scene, yeah. um, uh, you know, says a lot with very little, you know, mm-hmm. obviously Batman sees himself in that kid, uh, you know, as he found himself, uh, you know, in a now iconic crime scene yeah. we all know about, mm-hmm. but, um, I, I've heard some criticisms that the movie doesn't really explore his relationship with Alfred and I'm not sure it needs to. I mean, we no. know that relationship. Yeah. Um, you know, we know the weight of it. We know yeah. their past. We know what they've gone through. Mm. They have a few scenes together and that's yeah. enough. I mean, yeah. 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 And I, I think that, I did. Ha- I did have some slight issues with that. Just be- I felt like that was a little bit underdeveloped or undercooked. But what we get is satisfying enough for me to satisfy that relationship in the movie. And I thought that Andy Serkis did a- did a really good job too. Um, it felt like maybe this is just like accent blindness for me or accent deafness for me. But it just felt like like I don't know what Andy Serkis's like normal speaking voice is, but it kind of felt like almost uh not aping michael kane but it just it just felt very much like in that michael kane kind of vibe from the dark knight trilogy which is fine um but i do like how the how we get like bits and pieces of uh their relationship and it, it kind of feeds into bruce taking on this batman thing all kind of on his own and it it really feeds into that lonesome angsty kind of kind of character trait in this iteration of batman because he is he's doing that uh i'm gonna reference the abc family batman begins thing (laughs) he he uh fights for family but he lives for love um (laughs) so dumb uh if you don't know there's a an uh, for anyone listening if you don't know there's an abc family like tv spot promotion for batman begins where it's just completely tone deaf it's it plays it up as like the a cheery kind of happy movie (laughs) it's it's hilarious but anyway is it is it not Oh, I I don't think so. Yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, there's there's a couple funny bits, but um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's something that uh is kind of feeds into Bruce's story is that he's doing this because he wants to help the city in his own way, and he wants to kind of I guess do right by his family or by like he wants to have a legacy. Um, and do good with, within Gotham. And like, he's taking this on his own, even with the help of Alfred, but it is more, it is more of a, an isolated thing. And I think that that's why the opening narration works really well for me, because that communicates how isolated and alone he is in this journey. And it's kind of, I think that that is different, is, is a pretty, pretty big difference from, uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, because like you don't have like you don't have Bruce saying uh, like like in the Dark Knight, you don't have Bruce uh, talking to Alfred and being like, hey, uh, like um, like, oh, I'm just going to tell them it's all your idea and everything like that's a funny bit from the Dark Knight. But 
it doesn't feel like it's appropriate for this movie because it feels like Bruce is more on his own and more, more compartmentalized in himself um, than, than kind of having a growing, I don't know, roster of accomplices, I guess. I think that's a good point about how this movie makes, you know, shows how isolated he is. Mm. You really um, uh, feel the overwhelming vastness of Gotham Mm -hmm. and get the sense that, you know, he's just one man and he can't be everywhere all at once. And, um, you know, in the other Batman movies, you get the sense that like, he only has one uh, crime to fight at night. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like one big one. Um, and the rest of the city's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, this, this does show him kind of taking on small time thugs yeah. in alleyways. And, and, you know, I thought that was cool. He's trying yeah. to, you know, put out little fires across mm. the city. Um, and you know, we haven't really seen that all that much before. Right. Um, so it, it, well, it, yeah, we have, but, uh, it, the opening kind of reminded me of, uh, the opening of the 1989 Batman mm. where, you know, he's just, he's taking on two street thugs. Yeah. Um, and it's a very, you know, it's very small. He's mm-hmm. not, you know, saving the world. He's dealing with one small situation at a time. And I thought mm. that was cool to see. Yeah, I think so too. And that opening, that opening segment really does a great job of, showing him at street level doing that uh with kind of street level criminals and everything but also showing how his presence has kind of had an impact on on gotham's like crime rate and everything like those scenes where you see like criminals that are just looking into the shadows and looking into dark dark uh like the alleyways and everything i'm like that's that's great at communicating like the fear and the spread of the fear of 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 batman and also communicating that like yeah he's he's new at this he's a novice from in in uh, comparison to everything else but like he is he's still been at this for a couple of years and his presence is known and he's still working through it and everything. So it's, it was really, it's a great way to bring us into this iteration of the Batman, I think. Oh yeah. When that montage of criminals looking over their shoulders just gave me goosebumps. I I thought that was amazing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so in, in kind of broad terms and then we can go into spoilers. How did you feel about, about the Riddler and, like his kind of arc through the movie and uh, how the movie kind of ended up in non-spoilers. Okay. Um, You know, I think he's terrifying right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, Unlike, you know, Jim Carrey's Riddler, this guy's a serial killer. (laughs) Right. Um, I think, I think Jim Carrey kills a few people in Batman forever, but it's so campy that you don't really notice. Yeah. Um, but this guy is, you know, Paul Dano's Riddler is pretty brutal. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he, uh, I, I love, he looks different than any Riddler we've seen before. Yeah. He wears this kind of drab green hood with glasses, uh, over it and yeah. wraps his head in plastic wrap for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, uh, you know, he has a little question mark symbol that's kind of like the zodiac sign. I thought that was very effective. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I love the, um, <clears throat> you know, I loved his kind of riddle game with, uh, uh, you know, certain characters. Yeah. There's one that's, um, that's particularly frightening, um, that, uh, ends in a pretty, uh, drastic way. Um, I, you know, like yeah. I said earlier, I, I felt like he kind of grew weaker as we got to know him more, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, you know, felt like a kind of a smaller presence than he did in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that could be intentional too, because we see him, you know, without his outfit, mm-hmm. um, you know, we see him in raw human form and, yeah. you know, he's not as intimidating and maybe the movie's trying to say something about kind of the masks we wear and the power they have, mm-hmm. um, and how they, you know, lose their power as we, we peel them off. Um, um, I feel like I'm rambling. I'm going to no, stop no, there. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we can open it up to spoilers here in a second, but, um, yeah, I thought that it was a really engaging villain um and that game of cat and mouse like I said is just really really engaging to me and there were moments like like I said the variety of it it's really cool we'll talk more in specifics and spoilers um yeah and I feel like it really the movie did a really good job of kind of telling this interesting story about these two men that are on opposite sides um that are kind of influenced by the state of Gotham and the state of Gotham city and everything. So the way that the, the choices that they make in relation to their experience and their knowledge of, of, you know, the world and of the city is drastically different, but there's some interesting parallels there that we'll get into, but I thought it was, I thought it was great. And I, I'm really looking forward to, um, the Batman two, whenever that may come, if they, if they continue this iteration, but yeah. Um, yeah. So shall we go into spoilers for the Batman? Uh, yes. Okay. Awesome. So I'm going to play a clip from the trailer. And then once we come back, uh, we're going, going to go into spoilers for the Batman. If you are justice, The hell are you supposed to be? I'm vengeance. Whoa! This guy's crazy! All right, so spoilers on for the Batman and Sam... Where shall we begin with the Batman? I was I, like, I just realized I should have probably, I, I kind of wish I would have taken the time to come up with like a Riddler, a riddle or something for it. Like, uh, but yeah, <laughs> but unfortunately I did not. So uh, where do you want to begin with spoilers? Well, I mean, let's talk about Batman dying first of oh, all. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, that was a pretty bold choice. You know, I guess they're, we're not going to have a sequel. Yeah, I mean, I guess, well, you know, I did. Okay, so obviously you're joking, but um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I did have this idea that it would be really, really funny to see a Batman movie where it, the entire movie is just Bruce Wayne starting out. He's just like he's getting everything together and getting everything like prepared. And then the first night he goes out to try to fight crime, he just gets killed uh, brutally by someone and then like the rest of the movie That's is like hilarious yeah and like the what if the rest of the movie is just gotham city being like the fuck was bruce wayne doing in this costume <laughs> like what like what the hell That's just amazing. yeah like <laughs> just like how freaking weird would that be um oh that's so funny yeah <laughs> but uh kind of on that note i was gonna connect that somehow but i just i just i lost it but anyway um oh yeah the the kind of the way that the movie doesn't really work with or, or doesn't doesn't really devote and this is a credit to the movie doesn't really devote equal time to Bruce and Batman. I really appreciated that because we held, it holds back on showing us him as Bruce Wayne for a considerable amount of the movie. And then when he is Bruce Wayne, when he goes to like the funeral, he is like, everyone says like, Oh, he's been, he's a recluse and he's not, he's not like a prominent like member of society. And like, I loved that idea because because like I, like I kept thinking like well yeah duh I mean like he can't he can't possibly like do Bruce Wayne stuff during the day and then Batman stuff at night without like seriously compromising his health obviously but <laughs> um but like I I just really like the idea of this reclusive billionaire cuz like one of the big things with me with with Batman is that like yeah okay duh it's got to be Bruce Wayne, this young uh, billionaire who can fund this project who's rarely seen. But like having him be like this reclusive person works a little bit better for me in suspending my disbelief for that. So I don't know. How did you feel about the Bruce Wayne aspect of the movie? <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, I think uh, like the uh, Keaton version, this one shows that Bruce Wayne's a fucking weird guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a bizarre thing that he's dedicating himself to. He's going out at night dressed as a bat fighting mm -hmm. crime. I mean, of course he should be a fucking weird recluse. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, and, um, you know, obviously there's always been the theme that Bruce Wayne is the real mask. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think Bruce Wayne's absence, mm -hmm. uh, kind of emphasizes that and like <clears throat> if we're gonna have a movie called the batman mm -hmm. give us the fucking batman oh yeah absolutely oh yeah and like and this movie does and i really appreciated that yeah um i mean obviously i enjoyed uh bruce wayne um i have a little funny anecdote so one of the trailers um shows a mayoral uh candidate talking to bruce wayne about mm. how he hasn't really done anything for the city despite his parents being famous philanthropists. And, uh, when we saw that trailer in the theater, uh, my fiance, Jen turned to me with tears in her eyes and said, he is helping. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. That's um, awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 
but um yeah i i loved the 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 sort of imbalance between yeah. uh you know, the screen time of him as Bruce Wayne and him Mm -hmm. as Batman. Yeah. I, I was really taken with it too. And yeah. So the, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where, where to go into, Oh, uh, um, wow. Gordon. I, one of the things I loved about it, and this is something I'd been looking forward to in this movie. And in particular, like it's something that I've wanted, like this is a movie that has two aspects of, Batman lore that I've wanted in a Batman movie for a long time. And that is on one hand, like when, when the dark Knight came out, came out, I like my dream for the third installment of that trilogy was to have, um, a Riddler villain, (laughs) uh, patterned (laughs) after seven (laughs) and have, have, uh, Batman have to investigate. Yeah. Like that was my dream. Like I, like I was so con- and in uh, two years after the dark Knight, when inception came out, I was like, and that, that was kind of when Joseph Gordon Levitt was like, you know, getting, getting big and everything coming back from like, you know, being a child actor and everything like he, he's, his star was rising. And then he was in inception. I was like, he's going to be the Riddler. He's going to be the freaking <laughs> Riddler. And then like, yeah. And then he wasn't, but it, I loved him in, in the dark Knight rises. And I, I really liked the dark Knight rises, but like, I always thought like, yeah, that would be an amazing movie. And then like to have this, it's like, it's, it's not, it's not Christopher Nolan, but it's pretty damn good. I thought that it was just really well done. And it also really hones in on the like world's greatest detective thing, which is something that I've felt was really missing from, uh, from Nolan's trilogy. Like, I think the closest we get to that is, the dark Knight when he is analyzing the, the bullet, uh, the gunshot from the wall and analyzing the, the rifling marks or whatever on the bullet and comparing it to a casing or whatever. Like that's, that's really cool <laughs> stuff, but it's one scene in three movies <laughs> and like to have right. a whole movie where he is like, he's answering riddles and he's, he's looking into like, he's investigating. It's like he's at crime scenes and like that, that dynamic of him, like it's so interesting to me that they have all of like all the cops at the scene are all like, well, what the hell are you doing? Like he can't be here. And then Gordon's like, no, he's cool. It's like, it's just so it's, it really highlights how freaking bonkers weird Batman is as a concept that you have like people at a crime scene and like, uh, like high ranking police, police officers, like one, it's so weird. It's like, it's like I, I kind of got the vibe that like that Batman is like Gordon's like Gordon is like similar. The the way that it's set up is that like Gordon is similar to like a canine officer and and Batman is like his 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 dog, his canine. <laughs> and like he's That's his handler. Funny. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. And like I just kept thinking about that. I was like that. And that is awesome. And to see them actually working together so closely is is like that's what i want out of the batman movie and they delivered on that so yeah how did you feel about their dynamic in the movie yeah i i I love the the canine uh comparison that's great (laughs) thank you um but uh you know i think it does highlight how absurd it is that he's working with batman i mean this guy is basically a stranger Mm -hmm. um 
I mean, he is. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't yeah. know his real identity. He's in a mask in a crazy suit. <laughs> um, you know, what he's doing on the streets is illegal. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, beating the shit out of criminals, yep. which is, you know, maybe for the best, but, right. you know, it's also assault. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh and i think the movie does point out you know how crazy that is and and there is you know humor Mm -hmm. uh there's one great line where a police officer you know gives batman shit for touching evidence and jim gordon says something like uh he is wearing gloves that's right um i thought that was i thought that was great yeah um (laughs) uh oh and I wanted to mention, you know, I've I've read some criticisms that this mm-hmm. movie is just <clears throat> Batman standing around at crime scenes with people explaining things to him. Yeah, I. Um, yeah. That's kind of how detective work. That's just the nature of detective work. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is drawing out information and yeah. unpacking it. Like, and he gets. In, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was just gonna say, like, I I recently watched on Netflix Murderville and. <laughs> Like, I loved it. It's improv, improv comedy where Will Arnett plays a detective and each episode. He has a different uh, celebrity uh, like uh, co-star who's playing a trainee, uh, a detective trainee. And like each like they go to a crime scene and the like the forensic person is like telling them all the information and then they have to improv to get to like the solution and everything. It's like that's it's a staple of detective stories like just like the delineation of or like like delivering information to the detective so that the detective can detect is that's that's a staple of it so yeah right and um you know i i've uh, the criticism about people explaining things to him you know also comes from this idea that he's the world's greatest detective Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, not yet. Yeah. He's, you know, he's only two years into his time of being Batman. Yeah. Into two uh, years into his uh, world's greatest detective degree. Um, (laughs) Right. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. He he still has some studying to do. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I I don't think this movie uh, really depicts Bruce Wayne as some kind of genius. I mean, he's you know, he's, he's angsty. He, Mm -hmm. uh, he has impaired judgment, I would say, uh, based on his mental state. Um, and you know, he, he would, uh, lean on people for information and he would fuck things up. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, just this idea that, uh, you know, well, he's, he gets too many explanations. I mean, look at, you know, the silence of the lambs. That movie has a serial killer basically helping a detective solve a case. Um, I mean, I just don't really see the difference. Yes. Oh, same here. I I don't understand that as like, I I just, I, cause it's not like he's not figuring things out. Like, and I I will say that I felt (laughs) like, um i don't know i was like i was like silently cheering myself when um they decoded or whatever the the coded message and it just said drive i was like he took a thumb thumb drive there's a thumb drive they're gonna do that and i was like yeah i'm smarter than batman um or i'm as smart as batman or as smart as the riddler which is scary but um (laughs) but yeah i just thought that that was um i like that's part and parcel with the detective genre um yeah. Yeah. 
and a uh, slight tangent, but like I've been thinking about this too uh, a little bit, but how interesting it would be if we actually got like, and maybe there's like in some form or another, maybe this is, this has already been done, but like an actual like live action, like 40s era noir Batman thing like like actual Ooh, cool. in that period that would have been really cool or that would be really cool um i think there was a comic i i could nice. be wrong but i think it was called like gotham by gaslight <gasps> oh yeah um i think that might have been set in that era nice um, but yeah i agree that'd be badass oh yeah oh yeah um i'm looking that up now and uh Batman Begins is more common than a series of murders by Jack. Oh, okay. It's 1800s. Um, in an alternate, alternative uh, Victorian age Gotham City, Batman begins his war on crime while he investigates a new series of murders by Jack the Ripper. Ooh, that's yeah, badass. That's awesome. And uh, Bruce Greenwood uh, voices uh, Batman, which I love his voice. He is amazing. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Gotham by Gaslight. That is, it is on HBO Max. So I might be watching that soon. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, but anyway, so um, yeah, the style was really cool in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where were we when I went on that tangent? I can't think. Yeah. Um, um you're talking about decoding. St- oh, oh yeah. You were the just thumb talking drive. about wanting like a yeah, the thumb drive, and then yeah. you said you wanted like a '40s film noir. Yes. Batman. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm I'm smarter than Batman. Also, I can't remember what I said three minutes ago. <laughs> 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 um, but no, I thought that was really cool. I really liked the kind of like I said, the kind of different set pieces of the Riddler's plan. Um. Yeah, I thought that was really that was really cool. How did you feel about, you know, the overall arc of the Riddler in the movie? Um well, this is the spoiler section, so I'm yeah. free to talk about it. Um, oh yes. I love that like Bruce Wayne, he's an orphan, mm-hmm. but, you know, uh an orphan who endured much more severe conditions. He yeah. was in a rundown orphanage. Where, uh, whereas Batman was, you know, mourning the loss of his parents in a, mm. in a giant mansion. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, it's unfair to compare their, you know, levels of grief. And I think that's part of what the movie is about is, uh, you know, uh, the Riddler at one point kind of tries to shame Batman and say, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm a real orphan. I'm a real victim. And, you know, you're just a, you know, a rich kid and, <clears throat> you know, uh, I think it's showing how similar situations um, can drive people toward completely different paths. You know, yeah. uh, uh, Bruce Wayne's loss led to him becoming Batman and mm-hmm. um, the Riddler's uh, loss, you know, led to him becoming, you know, a monster. Yeah. I mean, Batman in himself is sort of a monster, but, um, you know, one kind of going toward the light of justice and, and obviously the Riddlers on the other end, I I thought, uh, they had a great, um, sort of connection and an arc. Yeah. And it's, it's an, it's a really interesting kind of dichotomy that the movie presents that, uh, like I kind of, 
talked about you talked about this to you before uh like uh on messenger but the idea that that riddler is sort of an opposite side of of batman it, it and that that can be construed as kind of well uh well-trotted territory with you know joker and the dark knight but here it's more about it it's it's more about their their experience and how their experiences have shaped them while against the backdrop of the corruption of Gotham City and Gotham City as a place and i found that to be really compelling because it was something that like they're both kind of kind of wanting to do the same thing sort of expose like they're trying to expose you know uh well i i don't know batman's trying to you know instill fear in the criminal element of 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 gotham whereas riddler realizes that the criminal element of gotham goes all the way up to the top and (laughs) there needs to be uh justice served to that and like it's interesting because there's there's this the scene with them coming face to face and talking um it it was a little bit shaky for me, but I appreciated it in that it had this interesting segment or this interesting section where Riddler is talking about how like, oh, we did this together. And then he's like, we're not the same. Like, this isn't the same. Like, we're not like, we didn't do this together. You're insane. Um, I just thought that that was really interesting and everything. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I was well, going to we'll... go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. You're good. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I was just going to say, <clears throat> I mean, in a sense, they, they, they do do it together. I said, do, do it. I said, do, do, um, <laughs> you know, with the, the, with his riddles leading to Carmine Falcone mm-hmm. and exposing him, but you know, you're, you're right. Obviously they're on, yeah. you know, they have wildly different, uh, motivations. Yeah. Yeah. And what I really, kind of appreciated about and something that i was thinking about today was how they there's this level of frustration and like we've been talking about how this is like an angsty batman and it is he is very angsty he's very isolated and everything and something that i'm I'm really eager to see this movie again for is the way that the way that batman and riddler play out in this movie is really interesting to me because on one hand you have Batman who he wants to make a difference in Gotham. Like that is his goal. And he even says in the opening narration, like, I don't know if this is working. I don't know if this is going to, I don't know if this is something that is going to work out for me or if I'm even making any difference. And then you have Riddler, this psychotic serial killer who's leaving clues, live streaming a murder of a of an official and everything, and and threatening the lives of people. Um, but he is actually the one to make change and do like he like his. It's this frustration that he is able to for Batman that he's like, okay, this fucking crazy person is actually like uncovering this corruption and everything and there's it's it's really subtle but it's not i think it's not something that uh that isn't there like it's something that i feel like there's this anxiety this angstiness within batman that you know this there's this vast conspiracy and this corruption that goes very deep and everything 
that he has no awareness of. Whereas like Batman has spent two years just beating up criminals on the street. And it's just, I just found that to be really interesting the way that that dynamic is presented in the movie. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, it, the movie ends with, uh, this really powerful monologue about Batman realizing that he needs to not only instill fear, but inspire hope. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I, you could consider the monologue, you know, too little too late, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, he's still learning. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I thought it, I thought that was a great arc too, Mm -hmm. because he starts off very cold, you know, really only wanting to, you know, quash, uh, or squash crime. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and in the end, you know, he, he wants to kind of be a, a beacon of hope and for that, that signal to, uh, you know, not, not just be a, a, a warning, but, um, you know, kind of, a uh, uh, like a, uh, a, a light of hope. Yeah. Um, so, um, I thought that was really effective. I mm. also want to go back a little bit and yeah. talk about the Riddler, oh, yeah. um, in terms of his, uh, his connection to Batman and mm. his experience as an orphan. Um, uh, you know, you said it's kind of, um, tired territory now for the mm. villain to have kind of a connection, uh, sort of a mental connection to Batman in terms yeah. of what they've endured. um, uh, and I, I agree, yeah. but at the same time, I think it's great that, um, most of Batman's villains have all had some kind of trauma that turned them into, you know, what they are. Yeah. Um, you know, th- in Tim Burton's Batman returns, you know, the penguin is also, uh, an orphan. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, so in, in, in Joker, Joker had to work with Todd Phillips. So yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, so, you know, I think, I think it's great that, uh, no one in his rogues gallery is, is just pure evil. Yeah. Even, even the Joker in the dark Knight, you get a sense that, you know, this guy had some kind of rough upbringing or or something. Every version of his backstory, like is steeped in trauma of some kind. Uh, Oh yeah. And they're all believable. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, every every story he tells oh, yeah. about how he got his scars is believable. Yeah. Um and you mentioning that like Matt Reeves has said that he wants to do Mr. Freeze at some point and like man that that would be interesting. That would be interesting. I'm just thinking about that like Mr. Freeze's uh backstory and everything. Yeah. Which I always it it's weird like in my head and I I don't know I've heard this talked about before but like in my head I'm like okay, well he was a doctor and then he became a supervillain and now he's just Mr. Freeze. <laughs> like, it's just like, not, <laughs> he's not Dr. Yeah, Freeze anymore. Yeah. That's I never thought yeah. about that. That's yeah. really funny. I, that's, I like that. I have uh, lost sleep some nights about that. <laughs> There's a Batman, the animated series episode that I think would make for a great, uh, movie. And that's mm-hmm. heart of ice. Yes. Um, oh yeah. It's basically, you know, it's basically Mr. Freeze's origin story. It's yeah. about, you know, him trying to cure his wife and, and how that, uh, how her illness embittered him. Yeah. Um, it made him bitter and cold. Nice. Um, 
Yeah. But, he just you needs know, to you chew. can't possibly top Batman and Robin. You know, oh, you of can't course. Put, can't put Arnold in the gula. Yeah. Um, so. Nice. Nice. Um, Matt Reeves needs yeah. to chill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, I, I really like the kind of, I, I like that we got something about, you know, well, I mean, we, we do get like backstory and everything for villains throughout the, throughout different iterations of Batman and everything, but I really like this one. I thought this one was a good way to make it be the introductory villain of this version of Batman is a good way to kind of reflect the, the experience of Bruce Wayne and the experience of Batman and have it be have like put like a twisted mirror in front of it when you know that this is the first the first entry in what will probably be a franchise or probably be multiple movies and they make such a concentrated effort not to make a movie not not to make another origin story so like getting those pieces of information about bruce through the way that that riddler is kind of explained is really cool kind of nice and subtle screenwriting i thought yeah oh definitely yeah i agree yeah Yeah. um we haven't talked much about catwoman how did you feel about zoe kravitz and her arc in the movie yeah um she is thrown into um the crime story uh in a much more personal way um mm-hmm. you know her her friend goes missing um and uh you, you know in batman cares about the bigger picture uh you know exposing corruption um uh defeating the riddler and catwoman really only cares about finding her friend and i thought that was a a great kind of i thought their missions uh contrasted each other nicely um, I, you know, uh, you later find out that, uh, Selena Kyle has a connection to Carmine Falcone. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, uh, his, uh, daughter. Yeah. Um, I, so I thought her having a, uh, familial connection to the mob was a really powerful choice. Mm-hmm. And you could, and you know, she has to still serve these people at, at the iceberg lounge. Yeah. Um, I, uh, that hit me as a surprise. Like that was a good, that was a pretty good surprise for me. Um, I wasn't expecting that connection to come up. Yeah. Um, and you know, you get, you get a sense that she's kind of losing hope a little bit as she has seen these police officers, uh, you know, in these clubs run by the mob. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's just corruption everywhere. Um, uh, I really enjoyed the dynamic between her, her and, uh, Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I thought they had, I mean, it's subtle, but I think they have uh, kind of a humorous uh, chemistry. They're they're a bit of yeah. an odd couple. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, and you know she's very unpredictable. Like Batman, yeah. she's kind of a loose cannon. You know, mm-hmm. she makes some some poor decisions. She flies off the handle. Yeah. Um, I thought that was great. Um, she acts more on instinct and dare I say curiosity. Um, cause of cats. <laughs> cause I don't that know. would kill her. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Um, <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. one great, uh, there's one really funny uh, scene where Batman is basically having a Zoom meeting with her and yeah. she's not on camera. It's just her cat licking the screen. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fucking hilarious. That was great. As someone with five cats myself nice. who has been interrupted <laughs> in Zoom meetings. Um, but yeah, I, I loved Catwoman. I, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I don't know necessarily how I would rank the cat women at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, she's nowhere close to Halle Berry. Um, <laughs> so, you know, or I, you know, I wouldn't even say the Batman is as close to the Halle Berry Catwoman movie. I mean, it's just oh, well, really you know. an underrated gym. <laughs> um, so yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Honestly, I've never seen Catwoman. I've seen bits and pieces. Yeah. It's, quite bad uh yeah so so i've heard so i've heard um but it's like a revlon ad that happens to have fight scenes it's really weird wow okay i think she even works for like a makeup company it's a fucking weird movie wow i will have to check it out eventually i'm sure oh god (laughs) but um (laughs) uh but yeah oh uh, something uh, there's there's this um pretty pretty big stretch of a, of a part of the movie a big stretch of a part of the movie where <laughs> um i saw someone online uh i can't remember i can't remember who it was but someone referred to it as kind of a mission impossible like section of the movie <laughs> um where she is she's doing her cocktail waitress thing and Batman is is observing her. She gives her the contact lenses, and he's watching and he's gathering information and everything. It's it's a sting operation, and I thought that was really cool. That was really tense and a good way to kind of communicate a lot of information to us. But also, the there's a there's a there's not as much of a focus on the tech or the gadgets in this movie, and when it is it really plays to that grimy aesthetic and i really thought it was really cool like like those those um those contact lenses and like after his first night in the movie when he goes and he just replays the video and stuff i'm like that duh that's of course he's <laughs> going to have like video of his of everything he can't keep everything like duh yeah um so i don't know so i guess two part question how did you feel about the technology and how did you feel about that section of the movie with Catwoman uh, going through and talking to people? Well, first of all, if he's the world's greatest detective, he shouldn't have to go back and look at video footage. What the <laughs> fuck? Right. <laughs> I mean, God damn it. He has to, you know, ask people questions. He has to watch mm-hmm. video footage. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ, this guy's fucking lazy. Yeah. Um, I'm kidding. Um, I thought those were really cool. Yeah. And I hadn't really made the mission possible connection. Mm-hmm. I wish um, I could remember who <clears throat> said that, but yeah. Yeah. I, when she's going through the, the club, um, and, uh, you know, trying to ID these officers. Uh, oh, and I love how the technology, uh, is kind of crappy. Like she has to look yeah. at them for five seconds straight to get their facial recognition. Yeah. Um, uh yeah i yeah i i loved that mm-hmm. um and uh oh i would have to say delighted to see peter sarsgaard oh me too he's always welcome oh absolutely what a, what a pleasant 
I, I didn't expect him to be in it. Mm-hmm. Me neither. Um, so happy to see him. I thought his little role was great. Mm-hmm. He wasn't on screen very long, but I, I thought uh, he was great. He's kidnapped by the Riddler yeah. and um, he has a, a bomb strapped to his neck and he has to answer a series of riddles. And I thought that sequence was so intense and so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, that was really, yeah, that was, that was a high point for me in the movie too. I thought that whole section was really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, so, oh, and I, you know, I, I love that Selena has that, you know, she can kind of infiltrate the, the criminal world. I thought that was cool. You know, obviously that's not something, um, you know, Batman can do. He, he, you know, has trouble getting into these clubs, even Mm. as Bruce Wayne. Um, so, you know, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, the um that that's some something that I really enjoyed. I was trying to find that comparison to Mission Impossible, but I can't find it. I think it was on Letterboxd. But anyway, um something that I really I really uh was into in this was the way uh, something that I've I've thought about a lot is a lot of people are saying like, okay, this is very similar in tone to the Nolan movies and yada, yada, yada to a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, it's a gritty, realistic Batman movie. So yeah, obviously those comparisons are going to be just ripe for the plucking. But the thing that I really enjoyed about this is again, to go back to that isolated, angsty Bruce Wayne, Batman dynamic and have that be compared to Nolan where, I mean, Batman Begins is him forming his his vigilante stuff, and he is relying on other people. And, like, um, he has Lucius Fox, he has Alfred, and he's, like, he's, he's testing all the equipment and everything. But here you have him completely, like, like a complete loner. Um, and, like... To a certain extent, because Alfred helps with, you know, his spotty, uh, uh, spotty Spanish, uh, translation, but, (laughs) but it's still like, it's still, you get the sense that he's an isolated person. And that is something that I kind of grapple with a little bit, um, that I kind of, that I kind of struggle with because one of my favorite things about Batman from like reading, from reading the new 52 and from playing the Arkham games is that, uh, is that Batman, he has, like, like you said, he has an amazing rogues gallery, but he also, like, the Bat family is amazing. Like, I, I love, like, the dynamic of all those characters. Um, but the movie doesn't, uh, like, it doesn't concern itself with that, obviously, but I'm okay with that because this is a new tone for Batman and that angsty, like, isolated, thing really works well when you're working with a character who's two years into his crime fighting and very much trying to figure out like is this helping (laughs) like am i am i doing it um it's it just works really well for me yeah um and that goes back to how weird bruce wayne is i mean if he were sane he would use his wealth to help the city in very obvious ways, but you know, he makes a bizarre choice of 
dressing as a bat and yeah. going out at night and just beating people to a bloody pulp. <laughs> I mean, this is a weird guy. Yeah. Even um, in that front or in that case, like it even shows the movie itself. Like when it uncovers like the truth about the, um, uh, whatever the fund was that was being, you know, just picked over by everyone after, uh, after the Waynes were murdered and everything. Um, everyone wanted to wet their beaks and everyone wanted a piece of the pie. But, um, that even shows like, okay, yeah, even if he used his money, like the Waynes have already tried that and it didn't work. Um, it's right. just, yeah, that's a, a good point. Yeah. And it's just, it's really, I don't know. It's interesting to me, but yeah, sorry. I think I cut you off, but what were you going to say? <laughs> No, that's right. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I don't know. Okay, lost it. <laughs> Sorry, um, that's okay. Yeah, how did you feel about the uncovering of the conspiracy and everything, and all of that? Like how the whole arc kind of came about and everything. Like his the whole thing behind it all. Um. I thought that was really interesting um, that, you know, you, you see the, the Wayne's, you know, dirty secrets. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, Bruce, you know, holds his parents up as these saint like figures. And I think most of us do that with, Mm -hmm. you know, loved ones we've lost, you know, you know, as soon as they die they're they were a total saint. No flaws whatsoever. (laughs) Um. And, you know, he's two years into this thing that was basically prompted by his parents' death. Mm -hmm. So for him to see these uh, really troubling uh, flaws in his parents, Mm -hmm. I thought was was really interesting. Yeah. And Um, sowing doubt within him, too, is really interesting. An interesting way for the Riddler to kind of not intentionally, I don't think, but to just kind of get under his skin in in an interesting way. Yeah, and I think uh, there's uh, a suggestion that, you know, first of all, his his father has someone killed mm-hmm. um, or had someone killed. Yeah. And I and Batman, you know, his, his world is rocked from that and he doesn't really know how to move forward. But there's this suggestion that he's not that much better than his father. Yeah. You know, what, what he's doing is a little morally dubious. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's going out at night and, you know, beating people nearly to death. That Um, was one of the things that I really loved about that opening segment is that after he has just completely just obliterated that gang and everything, the victim of the mugging is even like, Oh, please don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. <laughs> like, right. I thought that was really, and cool. he doesn't really assure him of anything. He stands yeah. there stoically and silently. Oh, yeah. Um, so he's not even comforting the person right. he was trying to protect. Yeah. You get the sense that he was, <laughs> you know, of course he was trying to protect him, but he was yeah. also just unleashing pure anger. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I, I thought that was really interesting, you know, mm-hmm. in the beginning, it's like for him, it's it's really just a nightly catharsis. And by the yeah. end, uh, you know, he's truly helping people mm-hmm. and, and giving them hope um, yeah. rather than just instilling fear. Yeah. You might say that before he decided or before he is like coming to terms with having hope, there was something in the way. <laughs> <That's> the <song>. <laughs> um, <laughs> which I'm so glad that they included that in the in the 
in the movie because it fits really well, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought that yeah. was fucking great. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of felt like a personal love letter to me as like a total <laughs> 90s nerd. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, a uh, couple other things and we can kind of start winding down a little bit. But um, the Batmobile se- se- sequence um, the I kind of I, I will say first and foremost, probably probably definitely my favorite batmobile it's wow yeah oh yeah and i mean i think it's just because like i like i'm a fan of like that american muscle kind of body and everything but like i don't know it's just there's something so unique about it like i remember when like batman begins was about to come out and i remember reading on like the imdb message boards like oh this is the batmobile like what like it looks like a tank or whatever and they even say that in the movie but like here it's like yeah, why wouldn't he have just like a big souped up just muscle car? Like, like I don't know. There's something yeah. about that that feels so – it also kind of plays into it being like just such an American kind of thing. Like he's – like Gotham City is New York City basically. It's any metropolis kind of city, but – metropolitan city I guess. But um, it's it's just – it. Batman is so – american i guess and it just like that sense of uh just having an american muscle car as as you know his transportation and his batmobile is really cool um also intimidation factor like the sound of it's really cool but anyway um i kind of struggled with it a little bit because there's like one set piece with the batmobile that's really cool where he's chasing penguin and it has like one of my favorite lines in the trailer and in the movie is like when when you hear Penguin like cackling saying like, oh, this guy's crazy. Like <laughs> when I first saw that in the trailer, I was like, that just that feels like, like this is this is such an interesting meld of comic book kind of kind of adventure or comic book action with like gritty realism, dark tone stuff. Um, but I thought that that sequence was really cool, but it felt like. To me, it felt like it was just checking off a box. Like, okay, we need a scene with the Batmobile, so let's let's have them let's let's have have Batman chase Penguin across the like like across the city and kind of contrive a way to get that into place. So that felt a little bit a little bit cumbersome in terms of the plotting, but I thought it was really cool the way it looked. <laughs> so I can't really complain. First of all, pull your head out of your ass. <laughs> um, oh, I will say the resolution of that with with the car flipped over and Penguin's point of view of upside down and and uh, Batman coming out with the with the fire behind him like that again that red glow, so freaking cool! Like just really cool. Oh, that shot's incredible. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm actually gonna offer a bit of a a bit of a counter argument that I wasn't okay. planning on. Okay. Um, uh, I would say it actually does work in or in an organic way because okay. um they're making I think they're making a drug deal. Yes, I think so. Yeah, it's um, like the, yeah, I and I, they drive to the the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I yeah, it made sense for them to. It, to drive away it does make sense i i guess i and i think that what the fuck are you talking I, about i don't know i don't know um no it it does make sense and i do think 
if I'm remembering correctly, I might be wrong, but I feel like that was the moment where it wasn't necessarily like they were going to a drug bust or anything, but they were going like that was Batman figuring out like, oh, the um, the the Maroney crime organization is like that didn't end the drug trade in Gotham. Like it's still thriving. Um, so like, I, I appreciated it for that. It's just like, I don't know. I kind of felt like, okay, well, uh, when <laughs> that is a really cool reveal of, of the Batmobile. Though. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I'll yeah. give you this. Uh, he, I don't think you see him arrive in the car. I think yeah. you just see him like looking through, like a, a glassed rooftop yeah. at the drug deal happening. So oh, you don't yeah. really know how he got there. So I'll give That's you that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, but also it just feels like, I mean, this is like just minor nitpicks here, but uh, it just felt like, oh, okay, well, he's like, he's revving the engine. He's turning on the car. He's making his presence known. And like, no one is, it's not like Penguin jumped into a car and is fleeing right now. It's like, they're still like firing, firing at them, which also that does make sense though, because I mean, they're, they're kind of surrounded and, and they're, you know, getting fired upon and everything. And so, yeah, that makes sense that they would flee that way. So, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't think it's that maybe it's not as contrived as I, as my memory has it, but yeah. I thought, um, the, uh, the, uh, use of the, the theme, the Batman theme in that sequence is so exciting. Oh yeah. I have to say that, uh. And I've had it stuck in my head mm-hmm. since the screening. Yeah, I've been I, humming I it since that is, morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think this is the best uh, Batman theme since Danny Elfman's. I um, yeah. honestly, I don't really remember the uh, Dark Knight theme. Yeah, I um, all I remember I can't is, hum it in my head. Yeah, I remember I remember the Joker theme in that because that I remember seeing like a special feature or something that it was like. Um, Hans Zimmer talking about how, like, I think it was literally like he, he just, um, he just literally like had like the, like, and, uh, he wanted to just, just, um, utilize like the F note or whatever. And like, it's just, it's just having that note play for an extended period. Of, like that's, that's the beginning of the dark Knight is just him holding on to the F note. And it's just like, and just humming throughout it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I know, I, I know that there is, oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like Batman's kind of theme, I think is like, um, in the dark Knight trilogy, I don't think it really comes out that much until the dark Knight. It's that, uh, watchful, watchful guardian is the track. I think it was like, doom, 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 like that plays over the credits. I don't know. But anyway, it's. I, I will say that the the music here, like Michael Giacchino, I'm I've been a huge fan of his for decades at this point. Like, like he he did all of the music for Lost, which is one of my favorite shows of all time, and he's done several Pixar movies, which cut right to my soul. No pun intended, um, <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I have long said that, like, okay, Michael Giacchino has, like, a direct, like, his his musical talent has, like, a direct line into, like, my heart, like, and my soul. Like, he, oh, wow. he knows how to manipulate my emotions in very distinct ways. Like, the the track that plays over the beginning of the series finale of Lost is, like, my favorite piece of 
music written for television of anything I've ever seen. And it's like, like instant tears. Like it's incredible. And so Hmm. him doing the score for the Batman, like that, that, um, that theme for Batman is really great. I do think, I, I do, I do think that it's, it's not, uh, it's not as, as amazing as the Batman, the animated series, uh, music is, but it's damn close to it in my opinion. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, it's, it's quite an earworm. Yes. I, I love oh, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, another little thing about Michael Giacchino is I, uh, also feel like I would get along very well with him because his, uh, the track titles for his, like his music in like anything is so fun and filled with puns. Like (laughs) there is like, uh, like the opening track of the Batman soundtrack is, uh, uh, can't fight city Halloween. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like like just a play on City Hall, but like uh also oh, that's funny. Yeah. And also like it's goofy, it's it's kind of cheesy, but it's it's fun. But um he has one track that and we can talk about this element of the plot as well, but he has one track that's called <laughs> uh World's World's Worst Translators. <laughs> um that's funny. That I guess plays over where uh where they realize that their Spanish is a little off. Um I I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that scene where Penguin is kind of needling them about that. Uh how do you feel about that development of the story? Um yeah, so there's uh one of the Riddler's uh clues is um uh, something like El Rata Lata, uh mm-hmm. the the rat with wings. Yeah. Wings. And uh, you know they find out that it, it would actually be La Rata, mm-hmm. uh, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, and the penguin explains that to them. He says yeah. something like, "You don't know the difference between L and La." <laughs> and you know, I guess I could see how you could find that stupid, but like, mm. it's literally played for a laugh. Yeah. Oh and yeah. It, it's it's funny. Yeah. I mean, I think if it weren't played for a laugh, then it would be embarrassing. Oh yeah. Um, oh totally. But it's clearly meant to be comedic. I mean, he even says, like, you know, wow, you guys are the world's greatest detectives. Um, I I I loved that. I loved that so much. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I, I, you know, I've, I've, I could see criticisms of Mm -hmm. people saying, like, wow, this one shows that Batman's a horrible detective. And it's like, well, it was clearly meant to be comedic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Also, I like that it is playing up the fact that like there are three characters whose names and and monikers can be construed as like a rat with with wings. There's Batman, there's Penguin, and there's Falcone. Um, <laughs> right. I just right. I I kind of love that. Um, yeah. So to kind of start to wind down, let's talk about the finale of the movie. The the big the big Riddler closing like plan. Um, how did you feel about it? He, you know, uh, bombs the city's, um, like, I don't know, uh, flood gates and everything and floods, uh, Gotham square arena or whatever, where they're having the mayor elect give speeches and everything. So how did you feel about that whole section and that, that how it ended and concluded? 
Um, I thought that was a, a really great set piece. Um, I think it was actually shot in Chicago's, uh, I think it's called Thompson Center. Oh, nice. Um, and, uh, you know, just ending in, in a huge stadium um, was cool. I guess you could argue that, uh, you know, there's a stadium sequence in The Dark Knight Rises as well. <laughs> I think it's a football stadium, but mm-hmm. whatever. Who fucking cares? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, you know, and, and flooding the city, I thought was great, um, kind of metaphorically because he's wanting to wash away the corruption. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, the Wayne fund is called like the renewal fund renewal fund. Yeah. talks about how the city is undergoing this renewal. And I think it works on kind of a symbolic level, um, with the flooding. Um, and, uh, uh you know batman uh fights a lot of people and and i've heard it described as just kind of ending as a as a punch fest Hmm. and it's like well it is a batman movie and it's an action movie so yeah what do you expect um yeah and and here's the thing so and and i i kind of thought about this too a little bit today the whole idea of um riddler having like kind of riddler minions uh or having like having like a gang of riddler people um i thought that that was really really interesting and i thought that it was interesting because it's first of all for uh, this reason is twofold one is that um this movie was made in 2020 and it was in production in 2020 and i i don't know but um also halloween kills was made in what 2020 with a it was supposed to have a 2020 release date and everything both of these movies that were made before the january 6th insurrection on the u.s capitol the some would accurately call it a domestic terrorist attack and uh, an attack on our demo- uh, democratic uh, process. But that like having these two movies deal with mob mentality and radicalization. And I found that to be really, really compelling. And this is something that in, in, uh, in the Batman, I found that to be really interesting of a of a thing and it's something that's probably going to be done a lot in movies could just because of the state of the world we're in and everything but i just found it to be an interesting way to incorporate kind of modern things in batman uh to an extent like having having riddler be during during this whole thing be radicalizing people through the internet um who feel like they are during an election during an election yeah, exactly exactly yeah. and uh in like him him radicalizing these people making them want to go do violence and try and kill people um and assassinate people is is just really really interesting to me um yeah and it, i felt like it was a very organic way to have that big kind of beat em up thing cuz Riddler is not like a fighter or anything <laughs> like he's he's uh he's he's Batman's Mr. Glass. 
uh, from Unbreakable. <laughs> <laughs> like he's he's pulling strings. Um, yeah. I think that's a. I am sorry to interrupt. Oh I, no, you're good. I was uh, I was uh, rambling. <laughs> I think that's a fascinating point, and yeah. the fact that the movie turned you know was supposed to come out before the insurrection, mm-hmm. and it turned out to be you know so prophetic yeah um is really interesting i hadn't made the halloween kills comparison either i think that's that's very astute um but it's weird how the kind of serendipitous timing of that and uh this isn't nearly as interesting but (laughs) another kind of uh timing coincidence is that uh this came out this is coming out in 2022 Mm -hmm. as the bat the cat the penguin 30 years ago we had batman returns oh wow with, those, with that trio and i just thought that was cool that how that timing awesome. worked out nice yeah. wow that's awesome yeah i really need to go back and just watch all of that did, did you ever watch the uh original 66 series like at uh, all Have i've you seen ever... bits and pieces okay. I, i've seen the movie mm. um uh, I loved that as a kid. I loved nice. the, you know, the shark repellent. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a lot of fun. I definitely, and it's funny. I actually saw uh, like a round table interview with the cast of Batman. Nice. And they were talking about how, when they were kids and I felt this same way, that series wasn't campy. It was like life or oh, death. It yeah. was, it was, it was serious to them. And I felt that same way as a kid. Nice. Yeah, I've, uh, I've. You're like super garbled on my screen. Oh, really? Oh, sorry. Oh, okay, here we go. Okay, there we We're go. Now. Yeah, I thought the Riddler uh, was was cutting in <laughs> with a video. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, we can kind of start winding down then. Um, overall thoughts on the Batman, and where do you want to see this kind of franchise go if they make more, like Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves have have said uh, they want to. Um, I would actually kind of like to see it branch out into a streaming series. Oh, nice. Um, I think they have I, like one or two in product or like in, in, in the works, one focusing on Penguin and one focusing on Gordon, I think. See, yeah. Cause I would love, um, something to focus on Penguin and, and kind of the, the whole, his crime element. Um, I think that would be really interesting to see, yeah. uh, I'm curious how this one's going to do. Um, Me too. You know, it's, it's basically three hours long. It's, it's dark. It's gritty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, and, and I guess I'll close on the fact that I really didn't find this that similar to the Nolan movies. Um, yeah. I, I think right from the beginning, I mean, it opens on Halloween night mm-hmm. with this noir narration. I love I mean, that. That feels so nothing much. like the Nolan movies. No. Um, and, and, you know, it's constantly raining. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's Gothic. It's, it's angsty. I I really don't get the the idea that this just kind of a a Nolan cash in other than the fact that it's dark. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think it's a a different type of, of dark and gritty. Um, and I actually don't think it's, it's that realistic. I think it has kind of a surreal quality. Yeah. Um, uh, so I yeah. really enjoyed it. I would love to see more, especially oh, yeah. in some kind of series. Mm. Um, so yeah, 
Nice. Yeah, I am in full agreement. I can't wait to see what they do next with this. Um I like I was just so into it. And now that you've now that you've put it in my head that it's very Blade Runner-esque in terms of like all the rain and everything, like even like the 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 contact lens thing, that felt like a Blade Runner type of thing. Like that oh, yeah. level <clears throat> of tech and everything. So I'm super excited to see this again and hopefully not die on my way there or in the theater or <laughs> fall out of the shower the day of or whatever. Um, but I'm super excited to to see it again and uh, kind of pick it apart that way. Um, yeah, I just I I really loved it. I yeah, I'm 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 pumped on it. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So right. am I. Yeah. All right. Well, I am starving. So <laughs> I think, <Me> too. <laughs> yeah, I think if you don't mind, we're going to forego potpourri and everything. And do you mind if we just, yeah, this was a, this was a down? big one anyway. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. So once again, first of all, thank you so much, Sam, for, for joining me again on obsessive viewer and chatting with me. Uh, it's always a, it's always a pleasure. Um, and I will always hold your Batman figure, uh, while you go to the bathroom after a screening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I'm just going to yes. bring him to everything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, once again, why don't you tell people where they can find you online and your work and everything and uh, yeah, anything you have in the in the in the pipeline. Yeah, uh, once again, you can find my reviews at uh, MidwestFilmJournal.com or uh, follow me uh, on Letterboxd at Sam Movie Man. And next up, I will have an essay for the um, Midwest Film Journal's Batman series, Bats on the Brain. uh, And I'll be writing about Batman forever. So you can uh, look forward to checking that out. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you once again, Sam. And once again, to our listeners, uh, you can find more of our work at obsessiveviewer.com and more of our podcasts at obsessiveviewer.com slash podcasts. And uh, please consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer, where uh, we have a lot of stuff there. So uh, once again, thank you so much, Sam. And uh, we'll definitely have to have you back soon. So yeah. Yeah, thank thank you. Yeah. All right, that'll do it. I'm going to go ahead and play us out here. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. But like this is a goofy horror comedy that is 100% a vehicle for this rock band to just have a good time and have fun. And I'm what I'm kind of going to probably wrestle with here is that I overall enjoyed this movie. I'm probably going to rate it probably 2.5 stars, just right in the middle of the rating scale. Um... And that's not to say it's bad, it's not to say it's good, it's just to say that I enjoyed the time that I spent watching it, and will likely never watch it again. And it's fine. It was, it was enjoyable um, on its, on, uh, at what it did. It's, it's an enjoyable horror romp. This podcast was edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find links to all of our shows at obsessiveviewer.com slash podcasts. For exclusive bonus content, including reviews, commentaries, and B-roll episodes, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. 
Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.